Some of my friends think that I'm retired and sitting around with my feet propped up enjoying farm life. Well, they just don't know what's going on around here. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it. And we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian. And welcome to our podcast on Thursday, February the 11th. Um, you are right, honey. I, I think the prevailing wisdom among our friends back in the suburbia is that you and I must be taking it easy by now. Life must be sweet and uncomplicated. Mm-hmm. And maybe one day it will be. Right. They just don't understand that with this adjustment period, and we're new to farming, so everything's a steep learning curve for us anyway, but it's it, it's such a busy time of year because we have so many um, plants that we need to put out and you know preparations that we need to make for the, the big planting season that, that will produce the spring and summer gardens. So it's just um, a lot to take in. So let's run through our clothesline of tasks. We know we need to get the the rest of the fruit trees in. We haven't done that. We know we need to get the rest of the long leaves planted. We know we need to disc veg hill and get a cover crop down. We know we need to get the deer fence up on veg hill. We know we really should be planting early spring veg right now and it looks as if we're just going to miss that season completely. Well we might be able to squeeze that in before the deer fence because I don't think the deer are going to come dig up the seeds that we put out so if we can if we can manage that I'd love to try. All right well we may be able to bring that off seems unlikely to me I think at this point we would be doing well just to get the veg hill ready in time for our summer veg. Um, but you know, I, or, or the cover crop and then summer veg. But at any rate, and and that ha- that says nothing about getting our house in Vestavia Hills ready to sell, and that's another huge set of tasks that need to be completed. That's right. So um, I really don't mind the fact that you constantly yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I constantly I constantly yell at you. No, actually, you're quite good-natured about all of this, and I hope I am as well. We're handling it. Right. Uh, we're coping. But it is um, stressful. Right. But to, I think, oh, go ahead. And we look forward to the day when we can have a more stable um, schedule and say, okay, this is what we need to work on between now and the next couple of days or whatever. Well, I think that we ought to, in in the midst of all of that, look at the positive, what we have gotten done. And we should not beat ourselves up because we have what the weather has not cooperated this winter at all. That's true. We've had far too much rain, far too many really cold days or and windy days that make it unpleasant to, to work outside. So we, so there. I know. But we can be forgiven. And and the other thing that I want to point out is in the past couple of days when the weather ha- has been nice We've gotten a lot done, so let's focus on the positive. So let's talk about what we have gotten done. We planted pear trees yesterday. We planted four pear trees over um, sort of between the barn and the pond. Um, I called them um, 
rainbow and orient in the video, but they're moon glow and orient. So it's like one moon glow, one orient, one moon glow, one orient. And we understand from the information we're reading that those guys are destined to be big one day. Right, 35 to 40 feet tall. So, and we had to space them 25 to 30 feet apart. So if they take up anywhere nearly near that space, uh, we have some big trees. That's right. And um, we dug a hole two and a half feet wide, about a foot <laughs> and a half deep. Uh, supplemented it with uh, really high-quality topsoil mixed in with the native soil um, and planted them. And uh, you put down some straw after right. we had planted mm -hmm. them, and they look good. So yeah. um, the next step for them is to get some hog wire from Jeremy at Tallahassee True Value. Um, we're going to shape that into some screens, some little circles that go around each tree. And... Um, so they should be protected when they begin budding in the spring um, from the deer. Right. Um, who will otherwise just destroy them, we're told. Yeah. We want to protect them, all right. And you know what was neat? Yesterday, after we had planted them, I went back down to that area for some reason, and there was a little bird just perched right on top of one of the branches that we had pruned. I think that is wonderful, it and really I wish was. I could have seen it. It was. It was my uh, proverbial partridge in a pear tree. So. so we're looking forward to some fun times with the pear trees. and uh, Of course, we still have other fruit trees to plant. We do. We've got apples and, pr and uh, plums and figs and peaches. muscadines. Um, blueberries and, and blueberries. peaches. So we've got some busy planting ahead, right. and we just need to get busy with it. And we will. We'll, we'll deal with it. Um, today, we focused on long leaves. Right. We planted, I don't know, would you say about half of that box? I would say, yeah, about half. And the box had box 300? The box had 300 trees. We gave about 20 of them to our friend Jan. Uh, so we're dealing with somewhere between 250, 300 trees. And I would say we used about half of them today. So maybe right. 125, 150 right. trees. And, you know, we we probably won't get it done tomorrow for reasons that we'll talk about in just a minute. That's right. But uh, we we can, the next day that there's good weather, we'll get out and finish that up. We have some pretty good ideas about where we want them to be. That's right. It should not be difficult to use up the other 150 trees. We'll we'll be able to find places to plant longleaves very easily. And I would say a, a nice goal would be to at least plant that many every year. I mean, to plant at least that number uh, maybe some years we'll get even more ambitious when we don't have so much maybe so. pressing. It, planting a long leaf in the form that we get them from my brother Dave Gray is quite simple and fast. We use a dibble and you just plant it, rock it back and forth a little bit to create a, a nice hole, stick the long leaf in, and then plant the dibble one more time and push it against the long leaf and walk away. Uh, and we shot a little video today as we were doing that, so we will get that up on the blog. I hope in the next two or three days. Maybe I'll work on that tomorrow while we're inside. Right, right. And why might we be inside tomorrow, Lee? We might be inside because we are under a winter storm warning here in Elmore County. Uh, they, they have been saying for several days that we might have snow on Friday. That forecast has become more specific and a little more ominous 
as the day yes. has approached. It started out with one to two inches of accumulation and then one to three, and the latest is that we are supposed to get three to five inches of snow. Now, for those of you in other parts of the country, that may seem like all these silly Alabama people worrying about three to five inches of snow. And it is. We are silly, and we do. But but you need to know um, an inch of snow in Elmore County, Alabama, is as debilitating as a foot somewhere else because there is no such thing as a snowplow here. There's no such thing as salt. Uh, about the only thing that can happen on a snow day is everybody stay inside and wait for it to melt. Well, and what we need to mention, if you aren't from around here, is that um, the other thing that happens with almost certainty is that before the snow hits, everyone panics, they head straight to the grocery store, and they buy all the milk and bread they can possibly get their hands on. So, you know, don't ever need to, to go. I mean, if you run out of bread the day before they've said the Heaven S word forbid. on TV, on the news, you're weather, sunk. you're sunk, right. So we did all our grocery shopping. We're well stocked up. <laughs> and it is a, an accepted fact. You better stay off the roads when it snows in Alabama. Not so much because of problems with the snow, because most everybody who has driven in snow, and you and I have. I mean, we've spent four years in Illinois. We sort of know how, how to deal with snow. Um, but what you have are a lot of inexperienced drivers, including nowadays this sudden wave of people who have four-wheel drive vehicles, and they've invested heavily in them. And they just can't wait to get on the road when it snows. So all these people are out trying to figure out what they can and can't do. And they're slipping and sliding and spinning. And it's just a scary, scary time to be out on the road. So you and I are hoping we won't need to be We plan to be indoors all. tomorrow. That's right. And, and, or at least not leaving the farm. We have a fire in the wood stove right now. And uh, we won't burn all night. We never do. But uh, we'll have a nice fire this evening, and then we'll crank it up tomorrow morning and enjoy it and sort of burrow in and see and watch it out the window. Right. That sounds good. Well, you know, we talked about something during the week, too, that has to do with, uh, of course, not that we can do anything about it on a day that we're snowed in, but uh, the idea that we've moved away from our suburban home, and we've discovered that not only do we need community, we think we have found one. Yeah, that's true. We're very pleased with the church we have found in Tallahassee, Episcopal Church of the Epiphany. And um, it promises to be the kind of place where we really will feel welcome and feel accepted. Um, you already know, and, and most of you listeners may already know, that I'm scary, scary liberal. And... Um, it has never been our hope that we would find people in Tallahassee, Alabama, who agreed with me. What we were hoping to find is people who would love Lee anyway. Uh, loving Amanda's automatic. You just, you're such a sweet person and people love you. Well, thank you. Um, but loving Lee is more complicated and more difficult. But it seems as if this group at Epiphany is up to the task. So 
Uh, we're pleased and hoping that that will be our church home and that we will feel welcome there for years and years. Well, that's right. So, but I think it's it's one thing that we've noticed um, about ourselves as well as just I think as we get older, reflecting on the human condition in general, is that people do need community. Um, maybe there was a time at which I thought we'd just move out into the country and be hermits, but I don't see that happening. I don't think that's natural. I don't think we're going to be able to. We talk about being subsistence farmers, and we are subsistence farmers, and we hope to be able to be as self-sufficient as possible. But even as very effective, uh, successful subsistence farmers, we don't have a prayer of producing everything we need on this land. We're going to have to get help from outside. Um, and That's right. For that, we'll need community. It, and I guess I'm reminded of it here with severe weather approaching. Uh, there are people around us who will uh, have trouble staying warm, uh, who may need food, and I hope that we're able to figure out who they are and be helpful to them because we fully right. expect we will be plenty warm and we will have plenty to eat and drink. Right. And um, So and we'll probably, as we get more familiar with the people around us, I hope that we will be more conscientious about checking in with them at a time like this. Extreme weather um, puts a lot of stress on people sometimes, right. and we just need to be as helpful as possible. That's right. Well, do you want to talk something, some about the uh, discovery we made with the dishwasher this week? Sure. The bulk of the energy you use with a dishwasher, and I, and I should back up and say we could have a nice, fun conversation about whether it is more efficient to wash dishes by hand than to use a dishwasher. But even if you were able to prove to us that it's more efficient to wash dishes by hand, I bet we would still get a dishwasher because Amanda has had a dishwasher most of her life. I have had a dishwasher most of my life. And I don't think either one of us is really interested in giving it up, even if we've learned it's inefficient. No. And I've also had some times that we didn't have a dishwasher um, other than, <laughs> than moi. But... Uh, you know, there are a couple of advantages to having the dishwasher. If people get sick, we have had a, some illness back during the, around Christmas. Just knowing that your dishes are getting good and clean and the water temperature is high enough to kill the germs, that makes me feel much better. And maybe it's just because I'm a germaphobic that way. Mm -hmm. But um, I think you are a little bit of a germaphobe. And um the dishwasher does give you a sense of comfort that the dishes are getting truly clean. But that having been said, we do think it's more efficient to use a dishwasher oh, I think so, yeah. than to wash dishes by hand. Because what happens is that we give them a quick rinse before we put them in the dishwasher. And I do mean quick. And because uh, we're not one of these, uh, not the kind of people who feel like the dishes have to be virtually clean before we can put them in the dishwasher. We and don't. With these new dishwashers, I mean, the, the directions specifically say you do not need to have them even rinsed off before you yeah, put them so in. So basically, what we're trying to do is rinse off the loose food before we put them in the dishwasher. And then they sit there until the dishwasher is full. Uh, which is typically, what, maybe two, three days for yeah, you Yeah, it depends now. on whether we've done a lot of cooking. Right. So. But typically two or three days. And then we um, turn the dishwasher on. Well, the most 
energy use you have from a dishwasher is from the heating the water. And there's not a whole lot you can do about that. Ours comes from the tankless propane water heater, of course. Um, I don't think we do any spot heating with the dishwasher, do we? No. I don't think it heats it up anymore. I I didn't. I think I turned that hot wash option off. So, yeah. yeah. Our water comes in at 130 degrees to the dishwasher, and I think that's um, plenty hot, and it seems to be working mm -hmm. fine. The dishes are clean. What we have been able to do is turn off the dry function. What we have it do is just it um, finishes washing them and just stops. And what you and I have learned is that if we turn it on before we go to bed at night, yeah, it's a little noisy when we're going to sleep, but it's, it doesn't seem to be disturbing either one of them. I but. could sleep through a railroad, you know, a rail yeah, car coming sleep through. through me <laughs> snoring, you can certainly sleep through the dishwasher. Right. <laughs> so we let it mm -hmm. sit there. You know, it goes through its little cycle, and then it stops. And I, being an old man who pees a lot, I'm going to get up in the middle of the night, and when I get up in the middle of the night, I just open it up and let it air dry. And then when I wake up the next morning about 5 or so, invariably the dishes are basically dry. I don't have to worry about drying off anything except maybe the bottom of a mug or two. Right, and which we had always, to do anyway. We've always the, had to do that anyway. So. Well, and so didn't you discover that about 7% of the energy comes from the drying cycle? Exactly. 7% of the energy you use, according to the U.S. Department of Energy, 7% um, of the energy used for washing dishes is in the drying cycle. And we're able to avoid that energy use, at least. Yeah, that's right. So at least we saved that. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of energy, w one thing we've we've talked about before in this little apartment we live in is how energy efficient it is. And we were just, uh, as, as we've had some cold weather, we've talked about one of the reasons being that with the north wind that blows on us in the wintertime, we um, shelter ourselves because of the way this place is designed. Yeah, this... We've sort of understood this when we designed it this way, but we really didn't realize what a difference it would make at this time of year. Now we do. Right. <laughs> um, that the the worst winter cooling, winter um, cold wind comes from the north and the west. To the north and the west of us, we have shop and storage room that act as a buffer for that wind. I know they are a buffer because I have sat in that shop and worked <laughs> on my legal documents, and boy, you can feel that wind hitting. You, yeah. you can hear it. You can feel the wind. It is a an eerie feeling to have that wind come roaring in and hit that shop the way it does. Well, that wind doesn't hit any place where we are living. It's all, we're all sheltered from it. And as a result, um, it's a quite comfortable place to be here in the wintertime. Well, that's, it's true. So next week, we'll let you know how the snow turned out, whether or not it did indeed fall. And um, also, we'll talk about what progress we're still continuing to make with our fruit trees. And the long leaves. And the long leaves, yes. Much planting to be done. See you next week. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. 
or you can send us Honest to Goodness mail at P.O. Box 780446, Tallahassee, Alabama 36078. To browse our archive, to learn more about the farm and about Lee and Amanda, and to talk with other listeners, visit us at longleaffreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.